What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamManBaseballFan.com. Happy end of January. Tomorrow, I believe, is February 1st. And uh, I heard somebody say something. This is pretty funny. Um, so January has been the longest year ever. <laughs> so it always seems like that, especially last year and you know this year now, too. I can't believe we're finally getting into February. So a um, couple things I wanted to bring to your attention. Number one, um, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash tan man baseball fan and uh there's a couple videos i wanted to uh, point out to you number one is a video that i did highlighting and showing um myself creating a custom card so somebody had reached out to me and they wanted me to do a jumbo quad relic custom of their daughter using a jersey hat cleat and sock so i did one of those you see from start to finish not it's not completely you know uh, in a super intense video but it does give you an idea of the gist of things that i do to uh, put one of these together so check that out the number two thing is my uh, valentine's day custom contest let me tell you about that real quick so um what I'm going to do is I'm going to randomly pick somebody to do a custom card uh, for somebody's uh, significant other as a uh, Valentine's Day gift. Now listen guys, I know <laughs> how hard it is uh, for a lot of guys out there to uh, actually uh, you know, put in the time to put together a uh, Valentine's Day gift of some sort for your wife, fiance, girlfriend, especially if you've been together for years and years and years, and if you got a lot of stuff going on at work, and this, that, and the other. So, hopefully this will help alleviate some of the uh, uh, problems there for you, and uh, hopefully this will take a, an item off of your plate. Um, but anyways, uh, so in order to uh, enter, all you really have to do is just uh, you know, subscribe to the to the channel, youtube.com forward slash fan, and just comment on the video, and that's really kind of it. Um, I really want this to kind of be a, a blessing to whoever is uh, is going to win, and uh, that's that's really kind of the the main thing there. So um, yeah, so do that soon because the deadline is uh, February second at uh, noon Central Standard Time, and and so we're doing this fairly quickly because I need to get this uh, get the material from you, whether it be like a ticket stub or something to create something. Uh, for your significant other um, and turn it around so that way uh, they can have it in their hands uh, by Valentine's Day. So that's what we're shooting for anyway. So check it out. So the uh, thing that I want to talk about in this uh, in this episode is a set that I've really kind of, I've talked about once or twice maybe in the past. Um, I want to highlight it again because I had something pretty significant happen. Uh, but it's uh, the 1919 to 1921 W514 set. And uh, I'm not sure if you know what this is or not. These are uh, called strip cards. The reason why is because they were uh, originally in strips. I believe that they would be in strips of 10. And I think, I think, I can't recall, but I believe that I read this recently that these were sell, uh, sold uh, in, uh, you know, two columns and five rows. So they're 10. Uh, you know, 10 strip cards per sheet or whatever that they would give out at candy stores. And I don't know if these were the first cards that were uh, 
purchased as standalones and not as like a supplements like Cracker Jacks or cigarettes or candy or caramel or anything like that. So, um, so it's possible they were the first ones. Um, I believe they're the first strip cards. Um, and guys like fact check me on the stuff, but that's, that's what I think. Um, and, uh, and they're very interesting. So the casual baseball card collector, um, is probably going to look at these and go, wow, that's really cool. The guys that are, uh, not necessarily casual and know the, uh, the newer cards and how beautiful the Gaudis are and Tito sixes might not really like these too much without knowing the history because the art is very rudimentary. A lot of these guys look like they're playing, they're uh, wearing lipstick <laughs> and uh, the actual uh, quality of cardstock is very cheap. And so, uh, you know, they don't, they just don't hold a candle from an art perspective to the Cracker Jacks or the uh, T206s or the Gaudis. And, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, but there's a reason for that probably. So um, you got to keep in mind, number one, what's happening during this time. So uh, World War One was just finishing up. I believe World War One was like, uh, and I think they called it the Great War or something back then. Um, I believe it was from 1914 to 1918. So, uh, Basically, everything was scarce back then. So, you know, a lot of people might look at these and go, ah, that's not really all that great looking of a, of a card or whatever or set where, you know, when I look at it, I look at it as like a tangible uh, piece of history that shows us uh, where our country was. Like, you know, maybe paper supplies are perhaps scarce and you know, people want to cut costs on, uh, on artwork and that sort of thing. So, um, so very interesting. It's, it's a nice marker. Um, of history. And of course, they're over 100 years old as well, um, which is just crazy. So um, a couple of things that are interesting about this set though. So first of all, by the way, I think kids were the ones that were, uh, that were the ones that uh, uh, were supposed to cut these out of the sheets. So a lot of these cards, whenever they're graded, they're graded as authentic um, and don't have a numerical grade because they may or may not reach the minimal, the minimum size requirement for PSA or SGC or whatever. Um, so, you know, this is one of the few types of cards that I don't really mind having a, uh, an authentic only grade on. So, um, now the set itself is very interesting. Um, I think there's probably, I think there's over a hundred cards, um, in the set totally. Um, of the uh, White Sox, or the Black Sox players, I think there's eight of the nine main guys, or seven of the eight uh, main guys, if I remember correctly, uh, for the Black Sox. Now, obviously, 1919, that's a big deal. Their color, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a, it, it's an interesting set because of the year that it was uh, put out, or that they, that they were starting uh, uh, to... Uh, create them or produce them. I'm not really sure exactly um, when they were distributed or whatever. I, I've got more thoughts on that later. But anyway, so uh, the Black Sox 1919, the set being the same year, I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, and, you know, so I talked about the Babe Ruth as well. So Babe Ruth is in it as well. And uh, it's very interesting to me. Um, that Babe Ruth, he said, it says at the bottom, it's something like, uh, 
uh, home run king or something, New York Yankees, but the artwork shows him with red sleeves. So that almost leads me to believe that perhaps the artwork was done in 1919 uh, when he was a member of the Red Sox. And then, so of course, he gets sold to the Yankees uh, at the very end of 1919. Uh, I think, man, maybe December 30th, 31st, maybe 25th, I don't know. <laughs> what, a, what a gift to the Yankees there, right? Um, and then uh, perhaps the cards themselves, like the text and everything, was produced on them in early 1920, perhaps. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But anyways, uh, very interesting. Very interesting um, uh, story there, uh, you know, as far as uh, the Babe Ruth card goes. Because I, I think that's, uh, that's a very, very interesting, um, again, tangible piece of baseball history uh, of perhaps the most seismic shift ever in baseball history when Babe Ruth uh, goes to the Yankees from the Red Sox. I mean, you know, the Red Sox were the team in all of baseball up until that point. They won, you know, several pennants, um, and uh, you know they're the flagship team for baseball in many ways. Uh, and the Yankees, up to that point, I don't think they won anything. Well, Ruth comes over, and it starts the the big Yankee machine where they start winning title after title after title. Um, and yeah, you know, the Red Sox, of course, they didn't win anything until like 2003 or something. So uh, it and. And I think that card perfectly encompasses what what actually happened um, better than any other other you know card out there, which I think is just phenomenal. That's why I love that card. And you know, again, it's not as beautiful as the '33 Gaudi or whatever or Worldwide Gum, uh, but uh, it's still something that is historically relevant, and uh, it's got an incredible story. I mean, it's just an absolute incredible story. I love it. Um, now. That's one piece. And I remember I was actually uh, showing my brother-in-law this card. So I showed him the 33 Worldwide Gum, which is the Canadian Gowdy, basically, of course. And I showed him the W514 Ruth. And I told the story about the about the W514 Ruth. And he was just like, his jaw was, was on the ground. He goes, oh, this is incredible. I love this so much. He didn't really care about the Canadian Gowdy all that much, <laughs> which is really funny. Because, you know, the the Gaudi, that's the card you think of a lot of times whenever you close your eyes and, you know, you think of a Babe Ruth card. It's that full-body Gaudi um, stance a lot of times that people will think of. So, um, anyways, it was really funny um, because a lot of people uh, don't really like strip cards. Or, but then again, a lot of people don't really know the story. So, going back to the 1919 Black Sox, though, this is kind of one thing that's, that's uh, uh, really... Uh, really interesting to me. Uh, and by the way, back to the W514. I love the idea that the artwork was probably created in 1919 because that means that the Babe Ruth itself is over 100 years old. Um, and um, on top of that, uh, you know, you think about the Gaudi, for instance. I mean, that's the, Beckett for some reason calls the Gaudi Babe Ruth's rookie, which it's not his rookie. I mean, he was at the end of his career at that point. Um, but the thirties just seems so much, uh, more recent than 1919, um, which is why I also love the W514 Ruth. I mean, just such a cool, and y'all, could you imagine if Cracker Jack created a, a Babe Ruth card? I mean, oh man, I think, uh, that would have been something that really would have been something. But 
Anyway, so back to the rest of the set. There, there, there's some other hidden gems um, in the set itself. One of them being uh, having to do with the with the Black Sox, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. He was not in very many cards at all. So he has the E90-1, that's his rookie, the T210 old mill card, and, and you know, I don't think you'll really ever see that card for sale. Um, I mean, it's it comes up from time to time, but it's a very hard to find card. The E90-1, it shows up from time to time, but I mean, it's a real expensive card. The 1914 and 1915 Cracker Jack cards, they're, you know, they show up from time to time, but they're very expensive as well. Um, and then there's like these, uh, from 1916 to 1918, I think there's a black and white photograph card of his. It's like a, I think there, maybe there's some sporting news, uh, versions, but they're, they're three, four, five different versions, but they've all look very similar. And I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to those. I, I don't remember exactly what they're called. Uh, but you know, a couple others, of course, there's the, uh, I think there's a Tom Barker card game version. It's got a photograph of his from 1913, which is nice. That's very, you know, very inexpensive when it comes to Shields Joe Jackson cards. Um, and, uh, one also is a 1911, I think it is uh, sporting news supplement, which I have. It's the M one Oh one dash two. And, oh man. I love that piece. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful supplement. Uh, and I have mine graded by PSA. It's authentic also. It's not a, it, it doesn't have numerical grade. Um, not that I think it's altered. I think the, uh, the auction house, they just wanted to get all of them as great as authentic for some reason, but beautiful condition, beautiful photography, everything. It's, it's a wonderful card. Uh, one in pretty ripped up condition, but still very presentable. I think sold recently for $1,300 on eBay, but it's a, it's very, you know, just a you know, very impressive piece. Uh, but, and probably the most beautiful of all, uh, Shields Joe Jackson pieces out there. Um, the others artwork, like even, even on the Cracker Jack, I mean, Cracker Jack E90-1 and the W514U put all those together. <laughs> they are not the most beautiful of, uh, of, uh, portraits, uh, of, uh, pictures of somebody's face. That's for sure. But anyway, so the, the W514, um, is very, very interesting to me because it, it's a full color, you know, card, of course it is, of uh, Sheila's Joe Jackson. And it's during this time. And I keep thinking like going in the back of my head and thinking like what a kid is thinking about. So they're going to the candy store and many people might you know, want the Shields Joe Jackson more than the Babe Ruth at this point. And by the way, uh, the best players in the game at that time, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, they all said that Shields Joe Jackson, his swing was the best. And you know, he was the best hitter and this, that, and the other. So high praise from, you know, two of arguably the best, you know, the best one, two possibly or at least both of them were top three, I would say, at the very least, uh, baseball players in baseball history. Uh, Peg, Shields Joe Jackson is the greatest hitter or whatever. So that's incredible to me. Um, that, is, that is very incredible to me. So of course, I think Shields Joe Jackson, his, his last year was 1920, if I remember correctly. And I mean, you think about, uh, about not being able to play after that at your peak, you just, 
you know, he, he did pretty well in the 1919 World Series, by the way. I think he hit 375 or something and hit a home run in the last year or the last game of the World Series. Um, there's a lot of history there, by the way. So check check out uh, um, the book, Checking uh, Turning the Black Sox White. I think that's that was good. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been written about it. Um, and, you know, movies and everything, too. But uh, a lot of history there. Massive scandal. Incredible story. And again, the W514 really just kind of perfectly encapsulates uh, something tangible for us to have of that time period. You have a guy at the height of his game. That'd be kind of like Mike Trout hanging it up right now. And that's it. You know, and us thinking, oh, man, he had maybe 10 more years to go of just prime baseball or something. Well, that was Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like, he was kicked out 1920, 1921, something like that. So you think of a kid coming into the candy store hoping for that strip card uh, uh, run having Shields Joe Jackson on it. And then, of course, you hear the story after of them coming out of the uh, courthouse and the kid saying, say it ain't so, Joe. And that's where that that saying goes uh, comes from. And, um, and then you have, like, uh, you know, your hero, Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, in the World Series, the greatest stage of all baseball, and then, you know, hitting a home run the last game, unfortunately, on the losing side. Um, but, you know, a lot of this is just, uh, it's incredible history to me. Uh, and uh, so this is kind of fun. This is a fun story uh, because I remember putting all this together in my head. Like, okay, the Cracker Jack is, is my favorite, you know, of all those cards for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, the W514, it gets very little love. It's getting a lot more now, but um, it gets very little love compared to the T206s and Cracker Jacks and that sort of thing. And so uh, I remember in 2019, I was like, you know what? I would love, I mean, look, if there's a nickname for a card, you'd call the W514 Shields Joe Jackson, the Black Sox uh, card of Joe Jackson, I would think. But anyways, I put this together in my mind and go, man, I really would like one, but they're so hard to find. And so... I started looking on on some forums and I found a guy that had one in his avatar and I remember searching for a long time to, uh, to figure out where this guy was and it's like hey so I reached out to him I was like hey listen I I know this is a long shot but I'd love to buy that Shield Joe Jackson from you if it's possible and uh, he goes no I could never sell that you know it's it's my avatar and all this right so I'm like I get it I understand uh, keep me in mind that well months later he reaches out again he goes you know what I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sell this if you're interested still. I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's awesome. So I ended up buying it. And unbeknownst to me, I ended up buying it on the 100th anniversary of the last game of the 1919 World Series. The 100th anniversary to the day. Like, what are the odds of that? I mean, that's crazy to me. So I was, you know, talk about it building in meaning to a card. I mean, <laughs> that story is just like priceless to me. And so, uh, but guess what? Months later, I end up selling the card because I pick up a, uh, 1915 Cracker Jack Shields Joe Jack. Something look at, you know, look, if I have both those cards, I mean, it's kind of, kind of feels like overkill. Uh, the Cracker Jack is the one that I want the most. I mean, I love that card so much. Uh, and so I sell the, the W514, the Black Sox Shields Joe Jackson card. So over the past year or so, 
I opened up the text of the guy that I sold it to um, three, four, five times, considering making an offer, asking if he'd want to sell it back. I thought better of it each time and said, ah, forget it. Until about a week ago, <laughs> he ends up putting it for sale on eBay. And he puts his phone number in the description himself. I go, oh my gosh, I know this guy. This is my old card. So I reach out and I'm like, hey, listen, um, I'm kind of curious about this card. What's the best you take? And so I end up uh, paying a pretty healthy tax for what I you know, bought it for originally. But that's baseball cards for you right now, uh, guys. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy out there, right? But anyway, so I end up... Uh, coming to a deal with this guy and I have it again. I have the Black Sox Shoeless Joe Jackson card back in my collection. And, uh, you know, yeah, it feels like a little bit of overkill to have that along with the M101-2 and the Cracker Jack Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like, I don't like having tons of multiple cards of the same player. Um, <laughs> pay no attention to all those Conseco cards in the corner, right? Uh, but uh, when it comes to Shoeless Joe Jackson, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, Honest Wagner. Um, those are the main guys that I go after. And uh, so I think it's got a home uh, in my collection for now, at least. We'll see what happens in the future. But um, anyways, I wanted to put a spotlight on the set, though, again, and just like a crazy story. I mean, just the crazy story that I was able to get on the 100th anniversary to the day of the last game of the 1919 World Series. Uh, the game where Shields Joe Jackson hits a home run even. I mean, that's that whole thing is still mind-blowing. It's really cool that you know, I was able to get it back. I'm very thankful for that. Um, but anyways, uh, the 1919 W514 set, I would highly recommend you all take a look at that set. Uh, the Babe Ruth and Shields Joe Jackson especially. I mean, just both have uh, powerful, powerful historical significance, if you ask me. So that's just my uh, that's my two cents anyway. But um, anyways, and that's all I got for you right now. Um, so I hope you all enjoy this. And uh you know, once again, check out the Valentine's Day contest, uh, youtube.com forward slash Tamman Baseball Fan. It's going to be a couple of videos back now. Um, good luck to you and thank you all. I hope you all have a great day.